I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We have to have them, but we don't like them. The difficult conversation. Even if you're someone who's more comfortable with conflict, no one really likes to have an exchange that you believe is going to make you or the other person uncomfortable, angry, or sad. Whether you're struggling with your partner, a friend, family member, a coworker, I'm here to help. I'm here. Today, you'll learn my three-step process for turning difficult conversations into connecting dialogues. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. So nice to have you here. Uh, I am your host. (laughs) Sorry, I was checking to make sure I was recording. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. Great to be here. I'm very excited about this topic today because it is something that um, I have struggled with for years, from the time I was little. So I am, uh, I've shared before, you know, I'm I'm more of an avoidant attachment style. If you haven't listened to my attachment styles episode, go listen to that. And, you know, and over years of therapy and work and all the things, I'm certainly way better. And um, I have become really good at having difficult conversations. Like I, I have really, you know, been working on this for many years. So what's interesting for me, and I, I know it's interesting for some of you because you've written in about it. I am excellent 
at having difficult conversations with clients. I have no problem there. It's, I think it's because, you know, someone's paying me and to do this thing with them. And so I, you know, I roll up my sleeves when things are hard and when I have to say something and someone's not going to like to hear, or, you know, or if I think that we'll talk about that today. Uh, in that realm, I can really pretty easily do all the things I'm going to talk about today. In my personal life, you know, I have a harder time. I still do. And that's still the place I have to work at things. So there could be a million reasons for that. We're not here to put me in therapy. And I do talk to my therapist about it. Um, but you, I'm, I'm saying all this because, number one, this is a, a conversation close to my heart. So although I've had a lot of questions come in about it, this is a conversation close to my heart. And second, that you might be good at it somewhere and not good somewhere else. And that's perfectly normal and natural and all the things. And I'm going to have some water. Hold on. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. You, you know, there might be, you might be good with your, or really bad at work, but good at home, something like that. It doesn't make you weird or strange or anything else. It makes you human. So, uh, so I want to get into this today. And what I did, I really had to think about what are the things that I do, you know, I was really breaking that down. And what are the things that I tell my clients to do that I'm going to share with you today? So I broke it down into a three-step process. You know me, I really like to give you a framework, something that you can hang your hat on. There's many other podcasts I've done that cover pieces of this. I'm saying it differently today than I've said it before. That's what I try to do over and over. When I keep getting questions about something, uh, I feel like I've just not maybe answered the question previously on an episode, the you know, with the right, right special sauce, you know, the way that I've brought it together. So if you haven't listened yet to the episode on how to listen without getting defensive or hurt, I highly recommend you go do that. As always, it will be linked in the show notes on the website, abbymedcalf.com. Just go to the podcast page, uh, or you can go to the relationship tips and tools and you can download, I always do a corresponding kind of uh, article there to every, um, pretty much, I'd say 99% of the episodes that you hear, you know, of the podcast, I have them written down. So, and that's going to help you too. If you, you know, if you're driving and don't want to take notes and you're trying to remember things, just go later to the to the website. I love you that much. I've made it that easy for you. <laughs> and you can go copy and paste from there or bookmark it or whatever you want to do. Okay. So let's get to the steps. So step one is prepare. When you're when you have to have a difficult conversation, if you do nothing else, you need to do this one. Th- this is the one. This is and well, they're in order for a reason, right? There's only three things you got to do, really. And I'm giving you step one. You've got to be in the right mental frame when you're approaching this kind of conversation. And again, cover this in more detail in other episodes. But here's what I'm going to say right now: If you're thinking it's going to suck you'll be right. If you're thinking this is going to be difficult and uncomfortable, you're going to be right. I just had a conversation with a wonderful client I have the other day, and he had, um, he, 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 he's part of a team anyway, and one of the kind of people over him had come to him and uh, he said to him, you know, I, I have to have a diff- I have to say something that's hard, you know, difficult. This is, this is going to be difficult. He said something like that. And, you know, even when you set things up that way, you're setting it up that the other person is going to be nervous and assume it's bad. So it's such a bad idea to set it up. You're in a bad place. They're in a bad place. 
And of course, my client, because he works with me and he's fabulous, he was able to really right away go, oh, let me take a step back. Let me have a breath. Um, and actually have compassion for this person who was talking to him because, and they do have a good relationship, which helps, but, you know, realizing like, oh, this is something that he's uncomfortable with. It's not necessarily something I'm going to be uncomfortable with, but he's letting me know he's uncomfortable. So let me try to make him as comfortable as possible. Let me try to make this conversation go as well as it can. And so that's even that when someone comes to you and says something like that, think of that. They're, I say this all the time, when has the way people react is a reflection of them, not you. So when someone finds something difficult or says you're going to be angry when you hear this or something else, don't assume that's true or correct (laughs) because it's not. You can react any way you want. So, But if you go in nervous and upset internally, no matter how great you are externally, no matter how much on the outside you're thinking, I got this, I got this, the other person's going to pick up on your resistance and your anxiety and the conversation, ju- it's just not going to go as well. I'm telling you now, you've got to spend a minute calibrating yourself to a good place first. That is your job first, if that's possible. I know that sometimes, you know, you're going to have conversations that are happening at a time you didn't expect, came out of left field, uh, you know, but no matter what, try to take a second to gather yourself and calm your brain right? Just try to take that second to gather yourself and calm your brain. You can do a shoulder shrug. Um, I have a great video on YouTube about how to calm yourself in seconds. And I'm stopping to write myself a note um, so that I I link to that in the show notes. And it just has a few little um, tips, for example, to make sure that your jaw is not tight, just to, you know, kind of open your jaw Make sure your tongue is resting in the bottom of your mouth. You know, uh, the shoulder shrug is where you put your sh- your shoulders way up to your ears, scrunch, scrunch, bring them back, and then just let them drop. It's incredible how your uh, your whole posture, everything will change. Your breathing changes. And we know that your breathing is really the key to feel your brain being excited and scared uh, or scared because those two pathways in the brain are, are very similar, by the way, fear and excitement, <laughs> which is sort of what, what happens on a roller coaster. Um, but when you're having a conversation, you really want to come from that sort of calm place. And yeah, if you get, you know, if you walk into your boss's office and then suddenly the conversation is, you know, we need to talk, you're, you you were not ready for that. You weren't prepared for that, but you can take that second when you notice your stomach drop, when you notice your whole, you know, everything moving, just take a second and no matter what else, take a nice deep breath in, hold it just for a second, and then give a long, slow exhale through your nose. So nice deep breath in through your mouth and a long, slow exhale through your nose. That's actually more calming to breathe through your nose. So, and just that will click on your vagus nerve and help you calm down. But if you can, I'd like you to get first, if you know you're going to have this conversation and you're the one who wants to have this difficult conversation, Well, nobody wants to have it. You know what I mean? If you're the one who's kind of instigating it, uh, initiating it, then I really want you to get take some a moment to calibrate yourself first to a a nice feeling place, to a good feeling place. I have a wonderful uh, video on YouTube about calibration. It's a little exercise. Um, I'll link to that also. I did a whole podcast episode. I'll link to that on calibration. So I got lots of stuff to help you calibrate. But what you're really, what I mean by that is that you're trying to bring, you're bringing your energy up to a higher place out of that nervous, um, anxious place and into a, what we call kind of a higher emotional vibration, you know, so that you're feeling more calm. You're even feeling 
I'm going to say a crazy thing, a little enthusiastic because you're finally going to have this conversation and shift something and that feels good. So that's what I want you to do first is, you know, either take that breath or really calibrate, do the little exercise first, meditate, whatever works for you before you walk into the conversation. And then I want you to state your, this is all part of preparation. And then I want you to state your intention, either out loud uh, or quietly. If, if, it, if you can do both parties out loud, if both of you, if you can say, hey, um, I want to have this talk with you and, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm excited about it. I'm really looking forward to us finding um, a solution to what, I'm, what I want to say to you. And my intention is uh, to really listen to you, to make sure you feel heard while we talk about this. Uh, it's my intention that we'll both walk away from this conversation feeling connected, feeling heard. Um, it's my intention that we're going to have an even better relationship after this conversation. And you can do this again at work or anywhere else. You can say, uh, you know, it's my intention that we're going to have a much better working relationship at the, you know, after we talk about this. So, and then you can ask for the other person's intention, right? And so, and what you might want to do first, of course, is say, hey, I want to talk to you about um that that conversation we had yesterday um i was feeling really tense afterwards and i i'm and here you know i want us to talk about it i'm 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 really want i want to have this conversation because i believe it's going to really help us communicate better uh it's my intention blah 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 right and then you can say what what do you what is your intention you know do you have an intention for how you'd like this conversation to go let's let's do that and you can both do it, or at the very least, again, just you do it. So prepare, prepare, prepare. I often compare this to, or use the uh, metaphor of painting a room. If you've, <laughs> if you've ever painted a room, uh, I love the painting part. I hate the prep part, you know? If you're going to paint a room well, it's a lot of preparation. It's a lot, you know, taping off the corners and putting down things to cover the carpet or the floor or your furniture, you know? It's, you know taping around the windows. There's a lot of prep, but then the painting goes really quickly and easily when you do the prep and it looks beautiful at the end. And that is so exactly what's here. So take the time, do the prep. That's step one. Step two is no mind reading. I see you. I see you. I see you. I love you, but I see you. You can't read anyone's mind and they can't read yours. So stop saying it. <laughs> I need another sip of water because I'm so upset about that. You can't read anyone's mind. They can't read yours. That's a whole other topic. But uh, so, you know, the stuff we say, um, he knew that was going to upset me when he said that. You know, you can't read their mind. Stop that. Uh, but the biggie I hear with this, people thinking they can read minds is, I know what she's going to say, so I'm not going to say this. Or I know how he's going to react. When you do that, ugh, it's so bad when you do that. And I know you're listening going, but they do. It's just so I'm going to ask you to listen. Right now, we're having a difficult conversation then because I'm going to be giving you information that you think otherwise too. And so I'm going to ask you to listen like you're wrong right now, which is part of our next step. But right this minute, I want you to really hear this. It's very important. You are not seeing the facts when you, when you say that, like, but, but, but they are, but that's exactly what happens every time. That is not, you are creating that. You are co-creating that reaction. Yes, you are a hundred thousand percent. You're, because when you do that, and I've, 
again, you know, I talk about this. There's there's your confirmation bias, right? The way it's, it's a psychological thing that happens where we try to prove ourselves right. And there's also that part of your brain, your reticular activating system that does the same thing. I talk about both those things ad nauseum in other podcasts. I don't want to get deep on them here, but what happens is I'll just take one, you know, here's your confirmation bias. So what ha- and what happens with both things, one is a, a physical brain process and the other one is a psychological process, but I, and they both happen to everybody. When I believe that I, my partner is going to react angrily to something I say, what happens is, number one, I'm going to deliver it in a way that that's going to happen, even unconsciously. Number two, even when they don't, that's what I'm going to see because my brain is going to filter out anything that doesn't match this thing that I am so sure is right. Again, my brain is going to try to prove me right. And it gets you nowhere, nowhere. Did I say nowhere? Nowhere. It gets you nowhere to be. Do you want to be correct or effective? Right? I say it all the time. Do you want to be correct or effective? You can be right all day that they're going to have this reaction and this is going to go to hell. Or you can be effective and start to approach this a little differently. Uh, And as you change that energy when you go into the conversation, remember what I talk about. I should have talked about this in step one, right? Our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second. Our unconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So, So your partner or your coworker, whoever you're talking to in this difficult conversation, they don't hear what you say. They hear what you mean. They hear what you really feel. They hear what's going on below. That's why you have to prepare. That's why you have to get that energy a bit aligned. At the very least, if you can't get it completely aligned, you should speak to that and just say, you know, I have to have this conversation. I've, I really want to have it with you because my intention is that we're going to, you know, have this great connection afterwards. And I have to admit, I'm a little nervous about it. So I'm hoping you can help me. I'm hoping you can really just have as much compassion as you can for this conversation. For me, I'm hoping you can have patience while we work through this together. I don't, I'm probably not going to do it perfectly, but it is my intention to really listen and for us to really move, you know, this whole conversation forward or whatever it is. So I want you to know that when you go in with that kind of vulnerability, people really shift. They do. I'm telling you, they do. The, The hardest, most hardcore person will shift. And so that's, do you see where all this is? You know, again, aligning, aligning, because now when you just do that, you're aligning your energy with, when you're saying, I'm having a hard time here and it's, and again, they're picking up on that 11 million bits that you're having a hard time. It really comes together. Sometimes when um, I'm doing a talk, uh, I've had very large audiences and, you know, and I'm really good at public speaking. It's like my favorite thing. And even even I get nervous sometimes, you know, that can be uh, a little nerve wracking. And I'll say, usually say something like, ooh, you know, cut the tension in here with a knife, huh? Or is that just me? Uh, you know, and I'll make a joke or I'll do something. But just to, just, to, just to say, I see the elephant in the room. And that is so big because what that does is it brings everybody to the here and now. Because everyone's going to go, oh, oh, there is tension. Oh, my God. Whoops. And they'll all titter and tee-hee and whatever else. It, it's, it, that's how that works. And so when you do it, even just in a conversation with two people, the same thing happens. And it's awesome. You are bringing the person center. And that's really what you want the whole thing to be about anyway. You want, if you're not, 
in the present moment, you're not going to notice your reactions. You're not going to notice your upset. You're not going to notice that you get drawn into the argument or some old way, old pattern of talking. And you know, I go on and on about mindfulness. You know, I do. You know, I do. Uh, (laughs) And that's all part of this, but I'm not making it part of the steps today. So, because I'm hoping at this point that you just get that, right? You get that piece. So, and I, and the other thing is when we read minds, you know, when we do that, we always go to the negative, right? Oh, they're going to be angry when I say this. Oh, this is going to really upset him. Uh, oh yeah, they're going to get whatever, you know, so sad. I'm going to really hurt their feelings. And I'm going to say this, if you're so sure you have to read their minds, which you can't, well, how about thinking something positive instead? Oh yeah, you know what? We're going to have this conversation. We're both going to be really open and listening <laughs> and, and listen. We're we're both going to be really willing. You know, if you're going to do it, at least do it in the positive. Again, our brains are so skewed to the negative, we always go to that place. Uh, why not, you know, hey, this is going to be a really exciting conversation. I'm kind of, uh, this is going to be great. Uh, you know, you don't say that to the other person if you don't believe it. You know, you again, you have to be congruent. But you can have a different stance coming in. You're not right the other way, okay? Again, you you make your, you prove yourself right. So I would try to prove myself right that it's going to go great, personally. And this is all about being curious and not going in with your mind made up, you know, so sure of what's going to happen. The curiosity, I talk about it a lot. You're just, when you go in with your mind made up, when you're sure of what's going to happen, you're doing that to protect yourself. Just so you know, that's what you're doing. You're protecting yourself from hurt. So, right? Why, otherwise, why not go in thinking it's going to be great? You don't because you're worried that it's not going to go great and you're going to be hurt. Hello? So instead, you, you set it up like it's bad. So you're not going to, you know, I say this a lot. You, you don't want to fall from the 10th floor. You're trying to fall from the first floor. You don't want to get your hopes up. Get your fucking hopes up. I uh, hope is the best thing in the world. Get your hopes up. Don't be afraid. You're fine. You're you're I have faith in you. I know you by now. You're going to be fine. Don't you're not going to shatter into a million pieces because you didn't get exactly what you wanted out of the conversation. But again, if you do get the hope up, if you do go in with that energy, you'll I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to go way better when you do the things I'm talking about. So you're just trying to protect yourself from hurt. So think of that. That's coming from fear. And how are you assuming you're going to have a great connecting conversation where you feel heard, where the other person feels heard, if you're coming from fear? It's, it, it, you can't get there from here. It doesn't work that way. It is like, what do I always talk about? You know, it's like laying in bed in the morning, hitting the snooze 50 times, uh, smoking 10 cigarettes, eating some donuts, and, you know, I know, your dream morning, right? Uh, and expecting the day to be really productive and fabulous. It's not. It just doesn't work that way. You, you've got to, again, prepare and set up. And you've got to come from the step two. You've got to be curious. Curiosity, I would say, if I had a, if I had a list, the most important things in any relationship, curiosity would be in my top three. I know. You're thinking, oh, it's love, it's connection, it's compassion. Yeah, the, compassion would be in my top, but so would curiosity. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing better in any relationship because curiosity keeps your mind, think about it. When you're curious, your mind is active. It's open. You're curious. You're asking questions. You're thinking. You're wondering. When you're mind reading, your mind is closed and narrow. Your thinking is closed and narrow because you only see, You have. it's like you have blinders on. When you decide that you can read someone's mind, you have blinders on. When you're curious, you 
think you don't know anything. So you're open. Think just right now, if you sit with that energy, you know what I'm saying is true. Right now, if you think about when you go into a conversation, like, oh, they're going to say this and I got to say this and then I got to do this, it feels narrow, your energy goes down. When you think, oh, I've got, wow, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Wow, what's going to be? Da, da, da. That's where the energy gets big and open. And that's what you want. For a difficult conversation to go well, you have to let go of your beliefs. You, you, you do. You have to let go. You, starting with your belief that the conversation has to be difficult, you got to let go of that belief. <laughs> That's just a belief you have. And a belief is just a thought you've had over and over. So you have to give up your beliefs. You have to give up also your beliefs about the other person. You have beliefs about the person you're talking to. You have beliefs like they're, they're, they don't listen. Uh, nothing's going to change if they don't. Uh, you have beliefs that you're right and they're wrong. You have a belief that there's only one, you know, one truth or one answer in this situation. Uh, you likely have a belief that different means bad or wrong. Like if they have a different opinion in you, then it's bad or it's wrong and it's not to be listened to. Uh, that belief, like I just said, I, I know what they're thinking or feeling. That's just a belief you have. The belief that you know what should happen right? I know what should happen here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you see where this is going? Those are beliefs you have. And you have to give those up. You have to be more interested in being curious than in being right. You have to be more interested in being curious than being right. That is the only way a difficult conversation is going to go well. That I'm just telling you now, that has to be, you have to be wedded to that. Okay. Let's get to step three, because again, these all sort of flow together, hopefully, as you're noticing. I take, uh, I take you know, a good amount of time with, the, with when, I'm, when I'm putting these together so that uh, hopefully, and well, your feedback, which I love. If you haven't left a review yet or rated it on Spotify, please, 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 come on, come on, give me some love. <laughs> please do that. Uh, so other people can find the podcast, you know, it helps with the algorithms, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it just really does. And and I'm trying to get world peace out there, baby. And I know that you know how helpful you find the podcast. So imagine if millions, more millions of people around the world were listening and doing these things. Can you imagine what a nicer world that is to live in? Yes, thank you. So, you know, put a rating up. And I love reading them, by the way. They're really nice. <laughs> they make my day. Talk about getting into a higher love vibration. It's amazing. So step three. Be out to learn something, not prove something. Oh, I know. That's a good one. I'm going to have a sip of water. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Step three is to be out to learn something, not prove something. When you go into a conversation and your idea is that I have something to prove, I'm going to, you know, I have a case I'm making right? I have a case I'm making. You've thought of all your points and you got everything together. You see already how this is going to be a problem, right? You know, you're not in a court of law. You're, and you end up with two lawyers battling it, the facts out, battling their beliefs out. And guess what? You know, there's this idea that someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And when you enter any conversation with that mindset, you're going to lose. I don't care if you quote unquote win, you're going to lose. It's just, it's not it. We're not trying to beat the other person into submission. We're truly trying to have them understand, trying to create a connection. And you don't do that. You know how you feel when someone comes at you that way. 
when they're just trying to prove something, they're defending every point. That's why you defend your points because you're the lawyer defending your case. And you can't go, and I love lawyers. I got a lot of lawyers in my practice. I love you. But do that at work, you right? Not at home. And I will say, I probably have a lot of lawyers in my practice and have over the years because the thing that makes you really good at work is terrible at home. <laughs> it's like the worst at home. And uh, this happens to a lot of people, by the way, not just lawyers. You know, if you have a job where you, you know, put things where you do that, you problem solve and you figure it out and you come and you, you know, say what you need or whatever. It, it's not so good when you try to do that at home, right? And you've already learned that or you wouldn't be listening to me right now. So you have to get out of this win-lose mindset, right? You just have to. You're, you're not, again, you're not trying to win and make them think like you do. <laughs> you're like, really, Abby? Yes, I am. No, you're not. It can't be your intention going in. If you said to someone, my intention is that you're going to uh, believe everything I say and think like I do, because that's what you mean. That is what they're picking up on and why they're resisting. See what I'm talking about? Oh, I just proved myself right in steps one and two. There you go. There you go. And I just thought of that. That's what's happening. Think about it. Because you feel it when someone does it to you. When they come in and they're saying, oh, I'm going to listen, and then they're really not, and they're just defending themselves over and over, you see it, you know it, and you turn off. You are not listening to them. You don't want to hear what they have to say because they don't want to hear what you have to say. And that is true in these conversations. So your intention instead is to understand where they're coming from, right? That's your intention is when you go into a difficult conversation, first and foremost, before you, you know, get to like, get to you and what you got, you've got to understand first where they're coming from. And I'll tell you the craziest thing. It's not crazy. When your goal is to understand them and where they're coming from, that is when the other person is willing to change their mind. I swear to you, I promise you. I've experienced it. Clients tell me all the time they can't believe it. It happens all the time. Yes. It's often that's it. When when you're open like that, they're open like that. That's what starts to happen. But when your goal is to win, that's usually when they'll stick very hard and fast to whatever it is that they believe or they want or what they were doing that you want to change. So you've got to stop. You you've got to shift that. When you're pushing from that place, Again, of getting them to understand, you know, just even listen to that language. You know, it, it's so fear-based. And think about the emotions that come with that when you're trying to get them to get your point, trying to get them to understand. You're, it's fear-based. You, you're impatient. I'm feeling it right now. I'm trying to put myself in that space. I'm impatient. I'm intolerant. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. <laughs> and... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Shockingly, other people don't connect to that. We connect with thoughts, not feeling. With Sorry, with feelings, not thoughts. Oh, I said that wrong. We connect with feelings, not thoughts. I say it all the time. We, we don't connect on our thoughts. We connect when we feel, right, in that feeling space. That's how we build connection. And as I always say, you have to connect to correct. So you're looking to connect with this person first before you try to go into the other things. That's what you're trying to do. If you're irritated or frustrated or at all impatient and the other person, it, it, they're going to end up feeling railroaded. You know it. Again, you feel it when people do it to you. Or like you're trying to manipulate them, which you are really when you think about it. And again, no one's going to win in this conversation. And I, I know it could be hard to hear, but when you go in in this way of trying to get them to see your point, you are trying to manipulate. That's what that is. So I need you to have a different, when your intention instead is to both be heard, is to uh, have a mutual understanding of whatever it is that you're talking about is to really listen well, to try to understand why they are resisting in the first place, that is a whole other thing that opens up. So you have to get into the conversation with your intention to learn something, not prove something, okay? Has to be your intention going in. Again, when you're trying to prove something, think of this, you're not, you're really not listening. You, because you know you do it as when the other person's speaking, you're sitting there thinking of what you want to say. You're not even listening. You're just thinking of all the things you want to say to defend your position and, and being right. And it, again, it just deepens the divide. It gets you nowhere. You're, and I, I know what happens because it happens to me too. I'm sitting there and they're saying things. I'm like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> and I want to like counter each point, but it doesn't work. If it worked, I, I'd say, go do it. So instead... You 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 want to just listen to their things and try to just really take it in because you will remember the the most salient of those points. I promise you really will. You'll remember what you need to remember to then speak to them about that thing, right? So that's again listening like you're wrong, and we're always wrong about stuff, right? We're always wrong about stuff. <laughs> right now, as you're listening to me, right now. You're wrong about something. I know, but uh, come on. Isn't it safe to assume somewhere in the world you're wrong about something? Because haven't you ever had a situation before where you were so sure you were right about whatever and then later realized you were wrong or you screwed it up or your thinking was off? You've had that, please. Oh my God, you've so had that. You've had it when you worried about something and then turned out you didn't have to worry about it. You were wrong. That's wrong. (laughs) <laughs> How many times have you been putting off something and uh, and then you just do it and you're like, oh my God, why didn't I do that three weeks ago? Because you, you were wrong. Your thinking was wrong. So that's happened tens of thousands of times in your lifetime where you've worried about something you didn't need to worry about, where you thought something you later were like, oops, <laughs> oops, that's not how that was, where you were anxious about something that did that went well. You're That's wrong. That's you thinking wrong. So you have to, you're wrong all the, we're always wrong. We're wrong a lot. It's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) So this conversation might be, there's a space somewhere in this conversation where you're wrong. 
And to, for me, sometimes that's what I'm looking for. There's something I'm missing. There's something I don't have right. I do this a lot with clients, you know. So let's say I meet with a client and I, and I think I see what the problem is and I give them some homework or some follow-up or we talk about it and I go, you know, do this thing or here's the new way to think or whatever. And then they come back the next week and they haven't done the homework or they've tried it. It really hasn't worked or whatever. I immediately think to myself, huh, okay, what, I don't think they're wrong. I think I am. And wrong is a strong term. I don't know if wrong, you know, I I feel like, oh, we tried this and this wasn't quite the right thing to try yet. You know, like there's something else. Often for me, it's backing up. Usually I'm so excited to help a client that I sort of jump maybe to a third step and, you know, and they're really on step zero or one. And I need, usually that's, so that's what I think. I go, oh, I got to back this up. What's before this? What's before me asking them to read this thing? Maybe I have to, we have to have a different conversation about the value of this thing, right? If I ask someone to, you know, say to someone, okay, start meditating and they don't, I don't think they're wrong. I don't think, oh my God, what's wrong with them? Why don't they meditate? I, I go, oh, what, what conversation do I need to have with them first? Maybe they don't understand the value of meditation. Maybe there's something in the way in the mornings when they're trying to do it that they don't realize. Maybe there is a way to wake up five minutes early and start with that, right? I, I start to just, you know, it's why I came up with, by the way, like the meditation starter kit. That came from work with my clients. I thought, well, what if I just give them this little tiny thing for two minutes? Let's try that. You know, and that started working. So I was like, ooh, and then I, you know, now I have this, I have a meditation album, if you don't know, you know, a little course, mini course to learn how to meditate in 15 minutes for uh, for 15 minutes in just 15 days. You can get it on the website in the shop page, but, and you can get the meditation starter kit for free. But I'm I'm just saying all this because that that's where all, you know, most of my stuff is born out of me being wrong, out of me working with someone and not quite, you know, they're not getting it somehow, right? So I am thinking, what do I have to shift? Now, obviously in this situation, it's it's much easier to do that. They're paying me to help them. If I'm not helping them, I'm doing a crappy job. So I don't think, oh, I'm I'm the master on high. And if you don't get it, then you know, you're just whatever. I'm thinking, wow, they're paying me. I need to deliver. I, I need to figure out a way to help them get this. Well, I'd love for you to think of that in your personal relationships too. Just because you're not getting quote unquote paid, think of it the same way. How do I approach this in a way that is different from another angle where I back up something else? And that's that's the conversation. That's the feeling in this conversation. You have to be open to the fact that there's another viewpoint or another way of looking at the situation that even you haven't gotten to. You've got to value value multiple points of view more than your own opinion, more than yours. And I here we go. So this is going to blow your mind. Ready? Get ready. I hope you better still be with me. The people who stop listening are going to be so sad because they're missing one of the best pieces here. Your opinions aren't facts. They're just preferences. I know. I know. Trust me. I believe my opinions are facts. <laughs> I talk to you like they're facts too, don't I? This is it. Go this way. Do this thing. I, but I understand at the end of the day, it's my preferences. And I've changed what I've taught over the years many, many times. I will tell you this. When, when I first started being a counselor way back in the day and I was working in drug and alcohol work, we used to say back in the day when people would try to quit smoking, when they were also quitting drugs we, or alcohol, we would say, oh, no, no, one drug at a time, keep smoking. Oh, my gosh. I said that for 20 years. 
Because that's what we thought. That's what, at the time, that's what we thought. I myself smoked in sobriety for many years. It's wrong. It couldn't be more wrong. The research shows the opposite, that when you stop smoking at the same time that you stop doing drugs and alcohol, your chances of being clean and sober a year post-treatment go up dramatically. It's in like the 40-something percent range. It's huge. And there's a whole uh, biological reason for that I'm not going to get into. But do you see what I'm saying? It's So even something like that, that seems like it's a fact based on the science we had at the time or the, the information we had at the time, it's not. It, but it was a preference at the time. And it was based as best as we could in something that felt real. And right now, the other thing is a preference. I don't know. Maybe maybe that will get proven wrong in 20 years. I don't know. It's a, it's, it, I know you got to get into this fact thing that it just is. Well, that hurts my feelings. Well, even that, is that a fact? Think about it. Is what they did hurt your feelings? Does your th- is, or is it what you think about what they did that hurt your feelings? What is it? that's really at the core here. And I'm not saying that you don't want things to change. I, I get it. I do too. But I am saying you have to get out of that idea that just because you think it, it's a fact. Just because it's something you want, it's a fact. It is your preference. You're allowed your preferences. You are. I love you. Of course you are. But others are allowed theirs too. It isn't a fact that it's right to want to have more sex and wrong to want less sex in your relationship. That's your preference and that's their preference. It's not a fact that it's right to save money and wrong to spend it. That is maybe your preference to be a spender and their preference to be a saver, right? That is just a preference. It's a preference. Some people live there. I'll tell you, Gary and I actually are like that. Come to think of it with that. Gary loves to save money. Like to him, Money in the bank is like the best thing. And he would just assume never touch anything. You know, we would have a dishwasher that was from 1920 if it still worked, it, you know, <laughs> if it was up to him. For me, I want things to be very comfortable now. I like to get the new dishwasher when it breaks. You know, I don't want to just keep fixing the old one or whatever. Or maybe I fix it for a little while, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, I like things to be comfortable. If something's not working, you know, in my current living, I'm like, let's let's move it. Let's change it. And he's like, well, let's think. Uh, I don't know. You know, it takes a lot longer for him to want to change something. And that's okay. I'm not right and he's not wrong. And he's not right and I'm not wrong. It just is our preferences and we have to come together on that. So I can't just barrel through with, oh my God, well, it's crazy. We can't have the dishwasher like this. It's ridiculous to have, you know, whatever, to have it not work all the time or always be fixing, you know, I don't want to deal, I don't want to live that way. Whatever it is, I'm using the dishwasher. But you know what I'm saying? Instead, you have to have the, the conversation differently where, you know, here's where I am. I know you're over here. Let me understand more about what that means or what do, what are your fears about getting a dishwasher? Seriously, what are your fears about it? What are your fears about, you know, upgrading it? it you know, sometimes it's because people think it's going to be more money than it is or less money or whatever. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Ask the questions. Be curious. Just, you know, I want to be correct. not a, I want to be effective, right? Not correct. And so effective to me is getting the new dishwasher and trying to figure out how that can happen in a way. But effective to me is also that Gary is as happy and clear about the decision as I am. It is not effective to me to get the dishwasher and he's upset and he's he's and he is resentful about it. That is not my goal. 
So that's not effective at all to me because that's not going to build my my relationship in a healthy way. So do you see where I'm going here? So you got, you know, figure out what you're, th- I don't think it's ever your goal that they're going to be pissed off or annoyed. So you got to let go, of, you got to let go of that. You, you have to let go of being certain and what you believe is the way something has to be and see about what you could create with this other person together. So I want you to think about it like a triangle. So right now, uh, you know, we have, we have, think of a triangle. You're down in a uh, point A, we'll call it down on one of the bases of the triangle at the bottom. Okay. And you, let's say it's your partner. Let's say it's me and Gary and Gary's down at point B. Okay. He's down there. And what people try to do all the time when they're talking in these difficult conversations is they, they try to do it like a straight line instead of a triangle. So they're right. Negotiating. They're compromising. They're, you know, again, defending. It's the two lawyers trying to find to each state their case and then trying to find some middle ground. But what we know from negotiations is that it's really interesting from the research is that the vast majority of time in a negotiation, both people feel like they gave up more than the other person. (laughs) How is that possible? You ask. Well, it is. When people compromise and negotiate like that, both people end up feeling like a loser, like they didn't get what they really wanted. Instead, so get out of the line. Instead, again, go to the triangle. Here I am at point A in the bottom. Here's Gary down there at point B on the other side. I want us both looking up to a point ahead of us where we can both come together to a point ahead of us. And the only way to get there is not to be sure about what the right answer is. The right answer isn't we need a new dishwasher tomorrow. The right answer is this is something you know I want. You're kind of over there. How do we come together to figure this out? So where is that right answer? It might be that he's more comfortable waiting till after he gets his bonus to get the dishwasher. And I think we should get it now and that's five months away. But again, but I can really see it. And again, this isn't compromise necessarily. If I am on board, if I look at him in the eyes and I'm like, I love this man. And this is something that's really important to him. It's going to make him feel really comfortable. And at the end of the day, how important is the dishwasher? You know, it still works. It's okay. It's limping along. If it, if it really breaks down before that, we'll get it before that because he said we could. But if we can get through to that place, he's more comfortable. Let's just do that. I'm feeling fine about it. I don't have, I'm not resentful. I'm not angry about it. I feel heard. I feel loved. I feel respected. And so does he. And so again, and sometimes, by the way, it might be that we got the new dishwasher tomorrow, like I wanted. But again, he's on board. He totally gets why. He, I've heard what he has to say. He's heard what, you know, and we're coming to this thing. So even though the top of the triangle is my way, it's still the two of us together because we're both agreeing to the decision now. We're both in the place where we understand it. And that's that new point of understanding. That's that new place. So your opinion or preference about something, it's not about that being the final answer. It's not something, again, you need to defend. Think of it instead as a starting place for the conversation. It's a starting place, okay? There was a really great book I read a while ago called, um, I never thought of it that way. It's by um, Monica Guzman. Uh, Guzman, I think is the correct way to say that. I want to say it correctly. Um, and she says, it's something like, if, if you come into a conversation, you want to hold your opinions loosely. I love how she says that. Hold your opinions loosely. It makes it easier for everyone to, you know, be exploring each other's perspectives, 
instead of doing that, right? So now we're exploring perspectives instead of taking turns presenting and defending them, right? I present my my perspective and I defend them. And then you present yours and you defend that, right? And we go back and forth. Instead, we, we're exploring our perspectives. We're asking questions. She talks about, um, I want to say this correctly. She talks about, it's like offering your opinion is a snapshot of your current thinking. So here's my opinion coming into the conversation that we need a new dishwasher, but that's just a snapshot of my current thinking. I'm going to be exploring with you. And so I might have a different opinion, a different snapshot later in the conversation. And by the way, that's what happens. It, it totally happens that way. So it, she talked about, you know, presenting, you want to present your uh, opinions as changeable, as movable. And you do that really from the start. And it, it really gives you this room to to revisit them, to to rethink them, you know, your opinions, and to let to kind of let the the soup happen, you know, let your opinions mingle with your other the other person's beliefs and opinions about something. Let that all come together in a cosmic soup, you know. It's and I'm not talking about you being, you know cagey or something or, or on the sly or, you know, playing down what you want. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about being open. There, there's a certain flow to a conversation. There's a certain way, an ease that can happen. And when you're in that space, other people can be in that space. That's what happens when you do that. Again, it's that calibration. They start calibrating to you and that energy and they get looser with their opinions, right? They get looser with how, what they're holding. It happens every time. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And it's, again, just this mindset shift. You know, I've talked before about, you know, never sack in your relationship, S-A-C. Don't offer suggestions, S. Don't give advice, A. And don't criticize, right? And I, I talk about always questions, questions. Asking questions is always the answer. And this is especially true when you're entering a difficult conversation. If you're out to learn something and not prove something, you're going to ask questions because you're going to want to understand what the other person is thinking, what they're feeling, right? You're, that's what's going to happen. That's the only way to know is to ask questions. And so, and here's a little thing I want you to do. And I do this in conversation, when I'm having a conversation and what I try to do <laughs> is anytime I find myself, I'm in the conversation and I just want to defend something. I want, or I want to state it again, or, you know, I'm like, yeah, but, you know, doing that. I force myself to stop. And again, because I'm mindful, I can. I force myself to stop and I ask at least one more question. That's what I make myself do. So I, I maybe I'll still say the thing and defend and I can't quite stop myself. But I for, I'm like, nope, you have to ask one more question first. You have to be open a little bit right now before you do that. I uh, I joke that it's like the, the Coco Chanel way to communicate. You know, Coco Chanel, the famous designer, uh, always said that when you put on your, right before you leave the house, take off one piece of jewelry, right? So you, you get all dressed, you put on your jewelry, and right before you leave the house, take off one piece. I do this all the time, by the way, and it's really right on. Anyway, <laughs> I think of this in the communication style too. You know, before I state myself one more time, you know, ask a, another question. Just try to ask one more question. Try to open it up just a little bit because it gives me that breathing room when I'm starting to get into that, oh, but, mm, you know, when I'm starting to get, again, frustrated, coming from fear, impatient, irritable, and it, it real, I'll take a breath. I'm like, okay. And sometimes I'll even say that. I'm noticing myself getting a little irritated. So I don't, I don't want to be, I really don't want to be. 
I want to listen and I'm not doing a good job right now. So I'm going to ask another question. So give me a minute to formulate it. Just give me one second. Let me just close my eyes. Let me formulate a good question. And I'll do that in the conversation. And the because uh, the other person's been feeling my frustration. They've been noticing it and they're starting to rise up. You know, they're starting to get uh, upset too. And so when I do that, again, it brings everybody into a mindful here and now focus. And we everybody calms down and everybody has a different focus. And really in a conversation like this, I'm trying to focus on what the other person is, stay, is saying instead of what I want to say. That's what I want you to do. I want you to focus on what they're saying, not what you want to say. And if you can do this, and you can, when you do this, I'll let me say it that way, you'll find, you're going to find that different, diff, these quote unquote difficult conversations aren't so difficult. And here's what's really amazing. I have found <laughs> when I go into a conversation, so, okay, I have to have this conversation maybe, you know, with, uh, with Gary or some, or it could be at work or wherever, right? Or the client, you know, I have, well, I do easy with clients, but let's say in my other world, if I go in thinking when all the ways I'm talking about with like, I'm going to listen, I'm, I'm not going to worry about what I'm saying. I'm just going to worry about, I'm just going to focus on, not worry. I'm going to focus on what they're saying. I calm down. It takes all the pressure off. It's unbelievable. I'm telling you, try this. It's amazing. It calms me down. I'm no longer, because I'm not worried about defending anything. I'm not trying to prove anything. So the pressure's off. I don't need to talk so much, right? I can shut up. I know, shocking, you know. Shocking to think that I shut up, but I do. I don't need to talk so much because I'm allowing space, space for the other person to tell me their thoughts and needs. So I'm just in a listening mode. And that's really why, in a, you know, again, I use this obviously as a, as a psychologist when I'm talking to people, I'm not at all defended. I, I don't feel defended. And so even when I got nothing to prove, I'm just here to help. And if I'm not helping, then I want to, again, like I mentioned earlier, I want to listen better to see how I could help. So there's nothing, I don't take it personally if someone says, oh, this doesn't work, or I tried this, it didn't go. I, I don't sit there thinking that, the other person is an idiot or something at all. Just the opposite. I, I, well, not the opposite. I don't think I'm an idiot either. I don't think anybody is. I just feel like, oh, we didn't connect on that. That wasn't a great conversation. That wasn't whatever. And how do we make it better? And it's amazing, amazing how much easier it is when you really, really get into that headspace. I'm telling you, it's incredible. You're going to calm down. If you go into that conversation and you do the prep and you do all the stuff that I just said, steps one, two, three, and you go in thinking, I have pro trouble with our sex life. I think we should have more sex. Uh, and I'm just going to go in and really understand how my partner feels about sex. Really get a better understanding of how they feel about sex and sex with me and sex overall and what our comfort level is and all the things. And I'm not, I'm not going to push my agenda. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to ask. And so then I might say, you know, hey, what do you want to see more of in our sex life? I'm curious. You know, I want to talk about our sex life. Here's my intention. You might you do all the things. And then you might ask, what do you want to see more of? Is there anything you want to see more of? Uh, what, what do you like best about our sex life? What do you like the least about our sex life? And then delve into that. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about why, you know, tell me more about not liking when you feel pressured by me, <laughs> what, what happens for you, you know, and really, again, try to understand what that is. Okay. And I'm going to wrap up with this because you might be sitting <laughs> right now. You're, you might be going, well, that's great, Abby, but when do I get to say what I'm feeling? 
right? This is all about them. When do I got to say what I got to do? Again, if you were, I hope listening well, and I'm sure you were, you'll see that it's all through there. Okay. It's all through there. It's just not the primary. It's just, it's, it's the conversation is flowing differently. But I want to say this too. It's because if you're wondering that, it's because you haven't truly had a conversation this way. And you haven't because I'm teaching it to you. Because when you're curious and when you're calm, the other person changes and the whole dialogue shifts. Remember that 50 million bits versus 11 million bits? I'm telling you, it is science. Timothy Wilson, he's amazing. Uh, It is science and it's real. It's incredible what happens. It's mind-blowing. It's earth-shattering. You are not going to believe it. You're just not. You're like, holy crap, I can't believe this has been here all the time and I've been missing it. If when I go into the conversation that way, we have a whole different conversation. We, it goes places I never thought it could go. We deepen our understanding. We go somewhere else. I find out that that wasn't even the problem. It was something else. It's something else entirely. It's incredible what happens when we go into the conversations this way. You're not going to feel or think the same after hearing what the other person is saying. If you truly put on the hat I'm talking about, when you're really listening, you're going to feel different about what you're thinking about. You're going to think different about what you're thinking about, which makes you feel different, right? You feel the way you think. So that's going to change what it is that you went in there with. What, what you went, that's why the opening. I'm telling you, that's what happens. So when you go in with this agenda, like, well, they need to know that this hurt my feelings or they need to know. I don't know that, like, again, do you want to be correct or effective? I, I, if that would work, I'd tell you to do it all day. But if, it, if, if you're listening now, if you have a partner who does, who's great with that, then you're not listening to this particular episode <laughs> or a, a work situation or wherever it might be that that doesn't work. Because you're, you're, I'm answering the question how to have a difficult conversation. So that means you think it's difficult. So we're shifting that. We're shifting that. And The, and the way you shift it, I'm trying to really wrap up here. I'm going to wrap up, is by, again, following these steps. What you'll be saying when you do that, what you will be saying and thinking at the end of the conversation will be different than what it was, what you were saying and thinking at the beginning of the conversation, if you're doing this well. That's how you know if you had this conversation well, is that something has shifted. Maybe not all of it, you know, maybe you still don't like, you know, whatever it is or do like whatever, but there's something, there's a new understanding you have. You feel more compassion for the person. You feel more understanding. There has to be something. Otherwise you weren't really doing the steps this way. And I don't want you to beat up on yourself. This is a skill. It's a skill. And like any skill, when you practice it, you get better and better at it. I promise I've been working. I mean, I've worked with tens of thousands of people at this point in my career, literally. And so I know what I'm saying is true. I know what I'm saying is true. You, as you practice the skill, don't beat yourself up. Do maybe just step one for a while. Maybe just go in with a different mindset and then, you know, you didn't prepare and next time you'll prepare better. I don't know. You know, just do, just give, give yourself some grace and ease. Have a difficult conversation with yourself about this, you know, give yourself some grace and ease as you start incorporating this as you start incorporating the tools, right? That's all I ever want. I never, ever, ever want you to walk away from any episode of this podcast thinking I can't do that or that doesn't apply to me or uh, she doesn't understand me or anything else. I, I, I do. I see you. I see you. 
And I, I, I do. And you might need to adapt this in some way, but there is something here for you. If you listen to all this and think none of that would work, none of that would work, you're right. Because again, that's what you're doing. I, I, and then I'm going to implore you to really shift those beliefs. They're not serving you. They're not true. They're not true. And at the end of the day, it breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart because you're living in a way you don't have to live. And I don't want you to live this way. I want you to live with connection and joy and ease and growth. And that's always my goal because I love you and you deserve it. You really do deserve it. So please take what you've got in here, put it you know, in your toolkit, practice the tools, come get the, you know, meditation starter kit, maybe get the, you know, buy the course that teaches you to meditate, which is going to help you tremendously with all this tremendously and really start to shift your life. All right. I love you so much. You have an amazing, amazing week and I'll be here with you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you, anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 